0: Welcome to the Mental Health Business Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Margot Jaco. Are you a clinician looking to find the balance between providing compassionate client care and business agility? This show will help with things you need to know to start or grow your practice and better serve your clients. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Dr. Margot Jaco, your mental health business mentor, and I am joined today by our co-host, Deanna Schoss. Hi, Deanna. Hi, Margot. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Absolutely fantastic, and so delighted to be here with you. I'm so glad you're with us. Today, Deanna, we are going to be talking about testimonials, and this is a really controversial issues. And you have some really good ideas, I think, about how we can get testimonials in a way that is ethical. It's an ethical issue for therapists. We don't ever want to put our clients in a position where they feel like they have to do something for us. I had a client once who consistently wanted to give me tickets to the Bulls game. Hey, I wasn't I wasn't really wanting to go to the Bulls game. I appreciated it. But I wanted it to be so clear that I, you don't have to give me anything. That's not a part of this relationship. This relationship is about me being here to help you. So asking for testimonials can be a real problem. Deanna, help us think about this perhaps a little differently than we do with our typical therapist mind. How do you think about this in terms of us and what we do at the Juniper Center and for therapists?
1: So first, Margo, it is important to accept, to just accept it as fact that you can't ask for testimonials because people outside of your industry will say, well, can't you do this? And it's because people don't understand that it's that idea of you never want someone to think that their care, the quality of their care is based on whether they participate or not.
0: Exactly.
1: Margo, you're so smart on trusting your gut in terms of how conservative you want to be with this, because it's like the idea of once you ring the bell, you can't unring it. And so if your gut is telling you, this is not right for me, then then that's okay to go with that. You also have a whole other world of untapped referrals and testimonials, which actually testimonials from your referrals. I would not underestimate that Other professional, it is totally fine to ask other professionals for for testimonials. Exactly. And if you have someone, you can check where you get your referrals from. And a lot of people self-identify and call because they've seen you online, but you also have steady sources of referrals. And so a Google survey to all the people who have ever referred to you with questions like, why do you choose us as a place for referral? How have you seen patient outcomes from people you've referred to us. Those are great ways to get referrals. And I think that's a big untapped area because we think, oh, I need the the client to say how they were helped. But what about all the professionals that are given referrals? Because they have very strong ideas about why they refer to you and why they choose you as the top source to refer to.
0: Absolutely. And I I have to say that I I can't imagine myself, and the thank goodness we have you, I suppose, for this. I can't imagine myself ever asking anyone like, hey, could you go on and give me a a rating? That's just not me. However, when people have said to me, when referral sources have said, wow, you folks have been great. You've been so easy to work with. You're so responsive. We're going to keep you in mind. Please let us know if there's anything we can do on our end. When I hear that, that's when I might say, well, you know, if you had a great experience and you felt like leaving us a good review, we always really appreciate that because they have offered. Now, again, we have, we have you, thank goodness, because you're, you know, you operate very ethically alongside us, but you might think of this a little bit differently. You might feel more okay about asking. So that's just me. I think the way you think about it, Deanna, is really perfectly fine. So you're reflecting how some therapists might think about this, and I'm reflecting how some other therapists might think about this. You know what else you're
1: reflecting, though, Margo, is something that has nothing to do with therapists at all, which is how most people feel uncomfortable asking someone else how they feel about them. A lot of people are really uncomfortable asking that. Either they feel needy or they feel insecure about what the answer could be. So I think that fear, it's separating what's an ethical issue and what's just actually a fear of putting yourself out there. That makes a difference. Margot, you bring up a good point because there's two things going on here. There's one thing about the concern about asking for a testimonial from your clients. But there's also, beyond just being a therapist, a lot of people are afraid to ask for testimonials. It makes people feel very vulnerable. And those are two different things, but it may be easy to emphasize the ethical side or the fact that we can't do it to actually hide a little bit of the fear side. So it is important to to maybe look at that distinction but there are ways that you can do it. What I would say is, is your your system. Where are the places where you have maybe electronic communication or general communication where you could add on something that is a question that would lead to a testimonial? And what I'm talking about is, for example, you have monthly professional development webinars. So if you do an evaluation after the webinar, which is great to do anyway, to look for future topics, you can add something at the end. How have these webinars help, helped you? What's your perception of the Juniper Center now that you've participated in these webinars? And so, for example, even though it's a professional referral, something like the Juniper Center is a source of the top information about what's going on in our field. Well, that's a great testimonial. That, that would resonate with a client as well.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That I really like the idea of thinking about testimonials as coming from colleagues. Those we really can ask for. A colleague had contacted me and said, hey, would you mind? And I was thrilled. I love this colleague. So as you said, we tend to be kind of humble as therapists and a little more interior introverted. So asking for someone, could you please say something nice about me? And the truth of the matter is sometimes people really want to do that. It really is kind of a nice thing for them to be able to do as well. So it's one of those win-wins where people feel like maybe they're giving back a bit, they're they're able to say something kind, and they don't know people
1: don't always know that you're looking for them. So a couple of things you can do once you once you get testimonials is do call out boxes on your website so that there's quotes from different people on your websites and your marketing material so that when other people see that they know oh I sh- I would like to say something nice about them I would like yeah to do that. exactly. You may find that on social media as well. And you have seen that on social media, where we may post something on, let's say, it happens most often on Facebook, where someone will leave a comment, you'll post something about a webinar coming up, or the newsletter, or something about services that you provide, and someone will spontaneously leave something in the comments. You're always good about responding to that, thanking them for that, you know, that's, that's out there. That information is out there now because it was shared publicly.
0: Right, so, it, so that's kind of a an evolving testimonial versus one that's static on your website. So mm-hmm. maybe we yeah. need to think about testimonials in different ways. That sometimes people will just leave a nice comment if you're putting out content. This just happened yesterday with a Mindset Minute segment that we shared. And someone, I think it was, was it on Twitter or Instagram? Someone, a couple of people left some really nice comments comments. And again, those are sort of uh, an evolving testimonial. They'll Mm -hmm. they'll be out there. It's out there for anybody who saw it at that moment. And so there are different types of testimonials, maybe one that you would grab and pop on your website, and maybe others that you'll just see as comments, but those all count as testimonials. One other resource that's really important because it's
1: specifically available to medical or mental health professionals are websites like Healthgrades where... You can go in and claim your profile. So there are often profiles there. If you're a registered clinician, likely your name is up on health grades with no photo, with no information. So I recommend that you go in and you claim it. You put your photo up, you put your information. Uh, We've started at, we've started this at the Juniper Center, and it's a great practice for everyone to invite clinicians to do a 30 second video where they talk about their philosophy of of counseling and how they might help someone. You can put videos up on health grades. So you can completely, oh, oh yeah, you can completely claim and make your profile look fantastic, which then also is a place where someone can spontaneously they can do it anonymously, but certainly you're not in the mix at all. If someone wants to leave a, a rating on
0: health grades or web ND. Yeah, that's a great suggestion, Deanna. I have to look at my personal one. I know we've done it for the practice, but I, I'm not even aware if I have, I'm, I'm assuming I have a personal one and perhaps I ought to go do that. That would be good. So having Google reviews or health grades reviews can be wonderful. And something I've noticed is people tend to spontaneously go to those sites when something has happened that they are unhappy about. Being able to ask a colleague for a positive review can sometimes offset something that perhaps happened that was not a great experience for someone. But boy, it's so important, Deanna. You said I respond, and and responding on any kind of social media, even if I don't like something someone has said, is so important. I invite them always to call me, to speak with me directly. I apologize that whatever occurred had upset them. I can tell you honestly that nothing has ever occurred that someone has commented on that was malicious or an intent might've been something that was overlooked. So people will go to your review and they will leave something if they are unhappy with you. I've noticed this one, I've looked for providers. I'll look at their health grades if it's a physician and it's like, oh my gosh, who is this person? They got two horrible reviews. Perhaps there were 600 other people who had great experiences, but we don't tend to leave those. So I think this is one reason why it might be important to not be quite as shy, especially with colleagues to ask for, hey, that you had a great experience with us, it would be so helpful if you wouldn't mind going and leaving us a quick note on Google review. I
1: wouldn't underestimate your LinkedIn reviews as well. LinkedIn is a great place to get reviews, even for you as a clinician or as a professional that also can reflect on the full company so whether they're leaving it on the company page because more than likely on linkedin someone's leaving a review for you as a person and yeah. those also that's a great source for for businesses and for for building that presence the other thing and you were talking about this about being personal so there's things that that you do throughout your communications. So for example, when you send out your newsletters, it always says, hit reply and you'll get me directly. So the idea that people know they're getting a person when they hit reply, that it's not just some
0: communication coming out from you know, from nowhere. Right. It's not from a bot. So, so making sure that it's personal. Are there other places where people can get reviews or we're calling them reviews or testimonials kind of interchangeably? Are there other places? So LinkedIn, certainly Google reviews. We've gotten some on Facebook. We get some on Instagram. Where else can we capture some of those? And then how do you convert them into something maybe for your website? So one thing I would
1: say, there are many, many places where you probably could get things. I do recommend that your strategy support your real life goals, meaning that Rather than saying, let's make sure we can get them everywhere, I would actually recommend that you focus because if it's too much work, your job is to provide mental health services for people. Right. So you don't want, let's say, this process of getting testimonials, which you might even be hesitant in the first place, to become cumbersome and, and unwieldy. This idea of, I've got a Google link that I can send to somebody, or... Health grades, like pick the top three that you think might be a good a good place or an easy. Even the top one. Think of one way. If someone says, and have anyone that that works in your practice or you, if someone says, "I'd really like to help. You've helped me so much. How can I help you?" What's the action that that happens? What action happens when that person says that? Because if you tell the person, "Oh, if you could leave us a view. You know, here, 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 here. It's that idea of if you give someone too many choices, they don't act.
0: Right, right. So be more specific.
1: Yeah. If you don't mind, I'll send you the link to our page on Google and we would love a Google review. Or health grades mm-hmm. is the best place because I know people look there first. Like I would pick the one, or or if you have if you have me, so um, <laughs> And you would which ask, so good. everyone should have to get it. <laughs> so, And I work, so my company, Intercultural Talk, I do digital, intercultural, and real life marketing, which means actually I make sure that all of your real estate and places are set up online, but then we interact with real life so that there's opportunities to do speaking events or webinars or to connect with people in real life. And then the intercultural is just to make sure you are inclusive of people of all backgrounds in those communications that are going out. So yeah, so if that's a mechanism where you have a person, then just send it to that person. You don't even have to worry about it after that. Uh, if you're the one doing it, pick pick the one.
0: Pick the one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. And the bottom line is the whole reason to get any kind of testimonial or review it is, of course, it drives people to our website, and then we're, we're very glad that people will choose us. It also is a vote of confidence. The, it's so noisy as people are looking on the internet. It's so incredibly noisy, and I always talk about how do we get our yop to the top? It's a Horton here's the Who referent, <laughs> cultural reference, but how do we get our voice heard? And also, how do we reassure people that we are the right people for them. Partly if we've been able to be helpful for other people, then it just lends some trust. You can trust us because people are coming to us with their most complicated problems, their most complicated dilemmas in their life. So they need to be able to know that other people have had good experiences, even if it's someone who has just referred to us and is saying how easy our referral process is. That uh,
1: begs the question. uh, I do this on invoices. This probably is crossing the line in the field of mental health, but on every invoice that I sent out, I say, thank you. Thank you for your business. Your referral is the highest compliment. So what you brought up, Margo, is something that you can do, which doesn't cross any lines. If someone says, we love you, You've, you've saved our family. How can we help? Tell that to the people in your sphere of influence tell right. that to people who might like referrals and even just say that that phrase because they may not think that you're looking for referrals. Uh-huh. Right. You know? Right.
0: So say, your referral is the highest compliment that you can pay to us. Yeah, absolutely. And and it is. Truthfully, and we do get a fair number of referrals from people who are Existing clients, we always make sure they go to a different therapist and there's anonymity. But absolutely, that is, we're so appreciative when someone trusts us enough. That to me is the best testimonial. Mm -hmm. If someone refers someone they care about to us because they've had a good experience, that to me is the best testimonial.
1: Now, I have a question for you on that. If someone gives you a referral, your gut is to send them a thank you. What's the privacy on that part? Can you can you actually send a thank you note to the person who made the referral or should you not let that person know that the other person has signed up for therapy?
0: What you can do, and we do this, is send a, a handwritten note or an email. It depends on who the person is. I, I don't always send a handwritten note, but to send a note to the person saying, Thank you so much for your referral. We really appreciate you trusting us and thinking of us. I don't say who it is. I just say thank you for the referral. That's great. And that's that's important because again, it's just
1: it's just always that appreciation. Who doesn't like to feel appreciated?
0: Right. You know? We all want to feel appreciated. Well, Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Deanna, the if we had to have takeaways for our listeners today. What would you say are the top takeaways about testimonials? And again, we want to make sure everyone understands we're very committed to doing this in an ethical way. Margot, the
1: top things that people can do, and I just want I want to emphasize that I hear what you're saying, that there's such a strong concern, there's such a strong concern about the client and clinician relationship. And that is something that you just, you cannot, you can't sacrifice it, but you also don't want to do anything that would jeopardize it.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
1: That being the case, even if as a professional, you say, you know what, I'm just not comfortable. I just don't want to go there. I'm not, you know, despite things like health grades or Google or places where people can anonymously or spontaneously on their own leave comments. If you don't want to go there at all, it doesn't mean that you can't get a great online presence, and that you can't get testimonials. There's so much that you can control about your own presence. Have a really strong LinkedIn presence with a consistent photo and a consistent um, therapy and approach approach to therapy statement. People can give you recommendations on LinkedIn that are just peer-to-peer. So make sure every place that you can have a professional profile, claim it and do it control what's being said about you because you've put it out there. Okay. That's yeah. That's one. And the second one is do not underestimate the power of peer-to-peer testimonials from other clinicians. Take a look at your top referrers, who's referring to your practice, and reach
0: out to them. That to me feels really like it it can still have the same impact of someone just giving good feedback about their experience with your practice. Because isn't that what people are trying to understand is what is it like to interact with this person or with this group? And if it's another professional saying, I've really had a good experience with this. And guess what? My client whom I referred has had a really good experience as well. Great. That is a fabulous form of Testimonial. In the end, we want other therapists to understand that it is okay to ask other professionals. It is not okay if you're a newer therapist or this is something you weren't aware of. It is unethical to ask clients to leave you reviews. If someone says, I really want to do this, I really want to do this, and I have actually had this happen where I've said, look, I, I'm I'm a little uncomfortable with that. If you decide you really need to do this, please, please, please do this anonymously. So that's just the way that I have handled this in the past. I'm very happy to have any wonderful comments anyone wants to leave as long as it follows the ethical guidelines. So Dan, I really appreciate you taking the time today to help us parse this out. This is not an easy topic because guess what? It's happening whether we want it to or not, whether we're consenting or not. If you have an online presence, you are likely to have people leaving what would be considered testimonials or complaints or A colleague who might have something wonderful to say, and you didn't think of it as a testimonial. So I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Some of these things just are not easy to parse out. Deanna Shoss from Intercultural Talk, our marketing guru. Chris Pertel is our outreach coordinator and our tech guru. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Dr. Margot Jaco, your mental health business mentor. Be well. You've been listening to the Mental Health Business Mentor podcast with Dr. Margot Jaco. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe so you don't miss an upcoming episode and head on over to the mentalhealthbusinessmentor.com website for resources and additional information. Thanks so much for listening and be well.